This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. As you see, it's Pat's week for the broken clipboard. Um, very proud. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it last week. Pat's got it this week. Oh, uh, whatever. So. I got a brand new one. Yeah, look at this. I mean, this is. It's Come a, on now. A lot no of people logo. are asking Couldn't about afford the other logo on it, but it's worth no, no, blast right here. Show, show the back. Oh, we are in process. Wait. Look at that. Come I mean, on. This now. is going to happen very soon. We now have them. In, we have it in. The new one is in house. Well, one. One is. Uh, you can't. You can't spring for three. These have to cost probably a dollar ninety-five. They have to, and so you got to take your time. You know, well, you we build get, up we a get little this bit. One. Listen, so, we get this one. Got one, and we get the logo on it. One day you'll have Stu a logo. Can use this one, and you guys, can just, I'll just have the broken one tomorrow. Well, Pretty soon, we'll just rotate them out. I mean, you could argue that you should have the broken one now because you don't hold Fine, it up. I have no do. problem, except is, for the fact that there's no logo, logo on it. And you want so people to always see that. People want to know what show. What, I had a broken one for a long time. Three Fat Idiots. Or, uh, <laughs> what show is that? Oh, it's Pat and Stu. <laughs> right. It's not a show called Three Fat Idiots. No. It actually has a name. Yeah. Uh, Although. So, I mean, it, it, is, it is a show named something uh, Pat and Stu, which is actually completely false. If Three Fat Idiots would be much closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Because my, my name is not even Stu in real life. Uh, in real life, it's Steve. not. Right. Your name actually is Pat. My name actually is So Pat. that's good. Mm-hmm. That okay, we've got one small part of it right. Yes. Um, in the meantime, Trump has responded to the uh, <clears throat> collusion from Kasich and the Cruz campaigns. Of course, you knew he would, right? He, shortly after Cruz and Kasich public, uh, I, I don't know why they publicly announced that. If you're going to do that, why not just do it and keep it to yourself? Hey, you don't uh, campaign much in Indiana. I won't campaign much in Oregon and New Mexico. And you call it a day. Why would you announce this? It's kind of weird. Anyway, <clears throat> so I, I think to, answer, to give a potential answer to that question, you come up and you say, hey, I'm going to campaign in uh, Indiana for Cruz and Kasich is not going to go there and Kasich is going to go to New Mexico and Oregon. They're going to go there. So there's no reason to announce that unless you're telling mm-hmm. voters outwardly, hey, in Indiana, if you're a Kasich supporter, vote Cruz. Yeah. Hey, if you're in a Cruz supporter in Oregon, vote Kasich. Right. You're outwardly announcing it because you want your voters to know it's, it's okay. Kasich is telling you it's okay to vote for Cruz if you're in the answer. It's in kind of what uh, Rubio and uh, somebody did, right? Didn't they, didn't they make that deal? Rubio and someone made that sort of deal in Florida and Pennsylvania. No, Florida and somewhere. Didn't they? Uh, Ohio. Was it Florida and Ohio? 
I think Rubio yes. and Kasich had yeah. this deal no, in Florida and Ohio. It was a one-way thing. Only Rubio did it. Only Rubio. Again, Kasich. Because the end of this story is that Kasich came out today and said, if you're a Kasich supporter in Indiana, you should vote for me. Meaning Kasich. Jeez. Violating so the spirit no of the issue. It makes no re- Like, you could still do the thing where you're, uh, not, uh, you're doing it but not announcing it. And mm-hmm. It would still fit with that. But it's, when you announce it, the whole point is to communicate to the voters a clear message. Hey, Kasich supporter. And I mean that individually in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's okay to vote for Cruz. Kasich wants you to do it. That's what happened with Rubio. Rubio's campaign came out and said, look, if you're a Rubio uh, voter in Ohio, go out and vote Kasich. Now, Kasich, because he's a douche, didn't return <laughs> the favor exactly in, right. in Florida. Mm. And, he, and he's obviously now not, he's violating the agreement. I mean, you know, essentially he's violating the agreement. Now, he's not going to, he's going to say, well, I, well, we never said I was, I didn't want voters. I mean, he's going to have some out in it, but there's no reason to, uh, to announce that you're doing this unless you want to communicate a clear message to voters, which he's just muddy. Casey is a bad guy. He's just terrible. He's just a bad guy. Terrible. Um, so here's what Trump uh, tweeted out. Um, as usual, this kind of stuff. Wow. Just announced it. Lion Ted and Kasich. Why haven't you come up with a little cute name for him? Why and Ted and Kasich are going to collude in order to keep me from getting the Republican nomination? Desperation! So he's back to this whole Lion Ted garbage. Yeah, um, so there's a... It's funny you say that about the Kasich thing. Supposedly, he's now debuted a new Kasich nickname. Oh, yes? He's been calling him one for 38 Kasich. <laughs> which I kind of think is funny. Although, then he couldn't even get that straight because I think another time he called him one for 41. I don't know which the right one is. but basically One for saying, 41 <laughs> sounds better. Yeah. Uh, so I'd I think that, that was one. the official campaign release, said one yeah. for 41 Kasich. And now he's, they're saying one for 38. Uh, he said it publicly. But whatever. It's, uh, he's only won one state, is essentially what he's mm-hmm. saying. I, I don't, like, ha, hasn't every... Like, I, I, everyone's out acting as if this is some new, innovative technique. But is it? I feel like every... No, it's not. It doesn't seem like it's this new thing to say blank... You know, like you're describing a person with one word beforehand. And I, 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 flip-flopper. You know, like, everyone kind of has done this, hasn't they? What is the point no. that he's putting it in front of... The name and just... I think and then the he's thing, so consistent in it. Yeah. The issue with know? Trump is he doesn't get embarrassed. And that is such a benefit on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get embarrassed by the fact that Lion Ted is actually not inventive and really pathetic. Mm-hmm. But he just keeps saying it and saying it and saying it. Everyone, and, and, you know, when people look at him and are like, Lion Ted, first of all, you're a, you're a liar a thousand times the level of Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted, there's no evidence that Ted lied at all. Mm-mm. But I mean, you are—I mean, you're a oh, world-class liar. I, yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. And, you know, he lies about absolutely everything. And every everything. strategist knows that what he's trying to do is take one of his weaknesses and make it a strength, which I guess has worked. But it's like it's it because is. the media just says, "Well, that worked." You know why Jeb Bush lost? It's not because he was a bad candidate and didn't really have a strategy. It's because Donald Trump called him low energy. That's not why he lost. That has nothing to do with why he lost. He was a terrible candidate. I mean, he wound up being serviceable. I think I think he would have made a serviceable president, similar to his brother, probably. Uh, but, I mean, he, as a candidate, tried to run an establishment campaign in a time where he obviously was not wanted. Uh, and he burned through a t- fortune attacking people like Marco Rubio instead of Donald Trump. I, I will mean, say that's, that's true. He was losing before the low energy. Uh, I know technically, but it's the same thing. Little Marco, Marco had was losing 
before he started calling him Little Marco. Mm-hmm. Then he called him Little Marco and everyone said, well, he lost because Donald Trump called him Little Marco. No, he was already losing. Like, it's just infuriating the way the media covers this stuff. Do they even remember what they did last week? And the answer is no. At least they're trying to tell you that they don't remember it. Yeah, and speaking of Lion Don, or Don the Con. Don the God. Don the Con, as we're uh, tagging him now. Uh, Don the Con may have even been lying about his rebirth on the abortion issue, yeah, right? really a weird Was story. it Roger Stone telling the story or yeah. Paul Manafort? Roger Stone, interview with Politico. Goes through a lot of I mean, the whole thing is interesting if you, if you like politics and like some of this backroom stuff to at least learn about what they're doing. Because this, this, the, the, the tale spun in the story by Roger Stone is essentially tr- Roger Stone was running Trump's campaign at the beginning. Now, Roger Stone is the biggest dirtbag in America. I don't even know if there's much argument. I don't even know that Stone would disagree with it. Other than perfect. Donald Tr- Trump, I, I would say that's probably true. It's probably true. I'd there's say it's pro- Trump I mean, and then Stone. You know, you get there's you know, maybe Jared from Subway makes the conversation, but he loses. Maybe. Yeah. So Roger Stone is basically the worst guy in America. I mean, and there's something to be said of someone who tells you he's like he brags about the dirty tricks he does. Yeah. Like there's something it's, you know, it's it's one thing to do bad things. It's another thing to be proud of your bad things. Right, Jeffy? I'm sorry, what? So that's what that's who Trump is or Trump and and Stone are. They both are proud of the horrible things they've done in their life. Hey, I bri- I put a bunch of crazy liberals in Congress so that I could uh you know, make some more money. And that shows you the system is corrupt. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does, Don. It does. So, uh so he's that guy. I mean, that's you know, his shtick. He goes out and makes ridiculous claims. He's obviously the source of uh, you know, these fake allegations about uh, Ted Cruz's infidelity. You know, all these things. This is what Roger Stone does. So he, so take it with a grain of salt when he tells you anything. Um, but he says that he was fired from the Trump campaign because he went to them and said, look, you've got to come up with a real campaign strategy. You can't just be going on and making, you know, appearances on Fox News. That's not a campaign. You need to have campaigns. You need to have data. You need to have professional speechwriters. You need to learn what you're doing. You need to have people who understand the delegate process. All these things that obviously have burned Trump. Now, maybe it's in retrospect because he's trying to make himself look good. But he's saying that he's the guy that is now, um, uh, who gave him that piece of advice. And now Trump is implementing that. Um, he has to be careful to say that he didn't say that to Trump directly because he's running a super PAC for Donald Trump, and that would be illegal. Um, so uh, Cruz, uh, excuse me, Trump is now professionalizing the campaign. He's brought in, brought in Paul Manafort. He's brought in Rick Wiley. He's brought in uh, other camp. He run Christie's campaign director is now there. He brought in five new PR people, uh, communications people, to try to help the communications department. He's doing all these things to professionalize the campaign. Um, and so he's done all that, and they're talking about this sort of background thing. And this is where they get to this abortion story, which is kind of interesting. This is what uh, the interview says. This is part of uh, Politico's uh, interview with uh, Roger Stone. Um, when I asked him, um, uh, Stone, Trump's flip-flop on, cho- on pro- pro-choice abortion was politically expedient. Is that why he did it? He shakes his head and offers a personal observation. I do think that the birth of his youngest child profoundly changes views on abortion. You go back and you look someplace where he was talking about this. He said, you know, I had a friend, and this friend and his wife had a baby late in his life. And then it occurred to me, he's talking about himself. 
But it's a little too personal, I think, because he, he and his wife had their 10-year-old son, Barron, when Donald was in his 60s. So he's saying that Donald Trump's personal conversion is because he's saying about himself that he uh, uh, had this so conversion. Now listen you know to the that's way... true. Here's the story. Here's Donald telling the story, what he said. Now, again, Ryder Stone is saying that this he's talking about himself here, not a friend. Uh, one of the reasons I changed, one of the primary reasons, a friend of mine's wife was pregnant. In this case, married. She was pregnant and he didn't really want the baby. And he was telling me the story. Uh, he was crying as he was telling me the story. He ends up having the baby, and the baby is the apple of his eye. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to him. And, you know, here's a baby that wasn't going to be let into life. And I heard this and some other stories, and I am pro-life. <laughs> so That's powerful. powerful. And I heard this and some, and some other, other stories, stories, and now I'm pro-life. Pro <laughs> but, I mean, if he's talking about himself there, what he's saying he is, is, look, I, Donald himself. Trump, wanted yeah. to abort this yep. kid, and my wife wouldn't let me. Or, why, right. you know, we wound up going through with it, and now I really like the kid. Yeah. It's a kind of his story. I don't want to spend any time with it. I don't want to spend any time with home. it. Just give him some money or whatever. But that's where he is. That's an interesting... Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, that's essentially Donald Trump's campaign manager telling you. So he's you. lied about even that. Yeah. And again, you don't know with Roger Stone, he could be double lying, yeah. saying that because <laughs> he wants people to believe Trump went through this experience. I have no idea. But Roger Stone is pro-choice. Yeah. Uh, again... The chosen, oh, the chosen really? campaign director for Donald Trump when he launched his campaign was pro-choice. What does that tell you? He's supposedly pro-life now. He's hardcore pro-life. I mean, I don't know which one is true here. I'm just telling you there's incredible uncertainty as to whether he would actually be a pro-life president at all. Wow. If you care about that issue at all, obviously Donald Trump's not your guy, but you probably already know that. Uh, this is kind of interesting, too, because um, Trump appears to be walking back a pledge to eliminate the national debt that he That's made. That's impossible because he never uh, walks back. I know. He tells I, know. What he's doing. I know. He doesn't back down from anybody. Uh, we want him because he's going to go in there and he's going to hit back and he's, he's going to stand his ground uh, or not. Uh, in an interview with Fortune magazine published on Friday, Trump was asked exactly how he planned to eliminate $19 trillion worth of debt in 10 years and how such feat would even be possible. No, I didn't say 10 years. Uh, Trump said, first of all, with low interest rates, you can think in terms of refinancings and get it down. I believe you can do certain things to pay off the debt more quickly. <laughs> the important thing is to make sure the economy stays strong. You can, you can do it in smaller chunks. However, when pressed on how much of the debt he believes he could pay off in 10 years, Trump said only a percentage, but declined to say what percentage. Now, what exactly did he say in the first place? Yeah, I don't know. I, did, I haven't uh, even heard that that's not even, I, hadn't either, I hadn't either. I've only heard that he walked back the pledge. To eliminate the debt in 10 years, and it's not in this uh, article, unfortunately, about where he... I, I'd like to know the original statement about uh, about paying off $19 trillion in 10 years. That would be fascinating. And he's going to do it through refinancing. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. I wonder what the uh, is, points would be on paying that debt back. This is probably not a good sign for the fact checker on this. Uh, the fact checker headline is... Trump's nonsensical claim that he could eliminate $19 trillion of debt in eight years. Now, they're saying eight. Yeah, eight. I think it was eight. Okay. So uh, Trump says we've got to get rid of the $19 trillion. Bob Woodward says how long would that take? Trump, I think I could do it fairly quickly because of the fact that the numbers. What's fairly quickly? Well, I would say over a period of eight years, and I'll tell you why.
Okay. So, he so, was, so he Trump actually to, is telling the truth. He did not say 10 years. He said, he said eight. eight. He said eight. <laughs> and now he's not saying 10 even. And of course. And now he's not saying. He can say pay off a percentage of it. Right. Well, that could be point zero 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 one percent uh, This is. Uh, I mean, well, I okay, so it. God, this guy is so bad. Oh, he's so bad. It's an unending uh, amount of material. Uh, again, it, he says, well, is. I would pay it over, over eight years, and I'll tell you why. Or right. would you be open to tax why. increases as part of that to solve the problem? Now, remember, Donald Trump just just the <clears> other day asked, should you raise taxes on the wealthy? He said, yes, yeah. I would. Do we even play that audio? we got to play that audio if we haven't played we got to play it. He said, yes, I would, period. I, like, and, he, and that includes people like me, as if that makes it a better policy. Uh, oh, well, you know, and theoretically, he would pay more in taxes. So I don't well, yeah, care if he pays more in taxes. The Democrats all say that yeah. bull crap. Yeah, exactly. So what? So he says, it, with t- this time on the tax thing, he says, I don't think I'll need to raise taxes again. I guess that's... Oh, uh, that, that is so specious. I don't think I'll need to. All right. Please. We've been burned so many times on that. So many times. Yeah. We, we've been burned on a guy who categorically said, Read they'll say, we need to raise taxes. I'll say No. And they'll say it again, and I'll say no. They'll say it a third time, and I'll say, read my lips, no new taxes. And then he raised taxes the next year. <laughs> Come on. Um, so uh, so a weak-ass he he weak pledge like that, you know oh. he's going to raise taxes. Yeah, I mean, you, know you know he is. So uh, would you ever be open to uh, tax increases? I don't think I'll need to. The power is trade, which, of course, he goes back to every single time on every issue. Um, our deals are so bad, again. Um, that would, and Woodward points out that would be two trillion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. He says, "No, but I'm negotiating all of our deals, Bob. Uh, the big trade deals that we're going, we're doing so badly on with China, five hundred and five billion dollars this year in trade. We're losing with everyone. All that's bullcrap too. We're doing the wonderful world. Let's do a couple of, I think, a series on how dumb Donald trade is. Uh, Donald Trump is on trade because he's just Bernie Sanders on trade." If you mm-hmm. want Donald Trump on trade, vote Bernie Sanders because they're the same on trade. Um, and in this $505 billion dollar trade deficit is a stupid statistic. It's not even real. It's not based on anything. The, the example, really? yeah, look, one, give, give the example. When an iPhone is made, right, mm-hmm. um, it's $198 or $178.96 or something like that is the actual, like, amount of, it's what it costs them, essentially, a couple hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of that, the work that's done in China is like $6. So, yes, they're manufactured in China, but they're taking parts from all over the world. And most of the money that comes out of that comes to the United States because most of it is the, is the marketing, is the, is the transport, is the, the stores, all of the things that go on with the iPhone. It's not just made and sold, and that's the, only, the whole process. There's a lot of other steps. Only 3% of the iPhone's value comes from China. However, every iPhone that's sold is $178 to the trade deficit, even though most of the money comes to the United States or other countries. So the trade deficit with China is a completely BS statistic. Uh, it is an outdated statistic. It's when the world used to work a completely different way. It's not, a, it's not something to even be worried about um, because the, you know, the way that these markets balance themselves, which markets, if you, if you are a free market guy, you kind of understand the way these things balance themselves is that foreign investment winds up pouring into the United States because of these uh, deficits. And the deficit just isn't that big. 
there is a deficit, but it isn't that big. Our economy grows much faster when we have a trade deficit than when we have a trade surplus. Because, you know, that's just the, how many times have we talked about this? Glenn talked about it with the iPhone today. If you're going to have a $2,000 iPhone and make it in the United States, no one's going to buy it. Is that better yeah. for the economy? No. I don't know where he came up with the figure. I, I, he said he did some research and talked to some people who said the iPhone, which now costs about six fifty, for the base model would be $2,000. But then the upgraded model is like 800 So... Twenty-three, twenty-four hundred bucks for a nice iPhone. Right. If it were made in America, can you, can you imagine? I mean, that's crazy. Nobody can buy it at that price. And even the very s- few, even though it's a complete BS statistic. I'm not buying it at that price point. Are you? No, nobody is. No way. Nobody is. They're going to shut down the company if they had to do that. Um, and of course, they won't have to do that because, again, he he might say he wants that done, but the con- Congress has the power over. I mean, it's Article One, Section hmm. Eight. The Congress has power to go and, and, and negotiate these deals with, with foreign entities. It's not the president. The president is going right. to implement his trade policy. The no, Congress he's going to get the best people, power. but he'll get the best people. Right, that's what he keeps saying. Yeah, and again, get, like people who don't people. know these things just are like, oh, well, he's going to get the best people. Get but again, even if you think it's a big deal that we have a $505 billion trade uh, deficit with China, you should know it's not $505 billion. It's $366 billion. And in fact, our entire trade deficit with the entire world is just over $500 billion. So he's saying he's going to knock out two trillion dollars a year. That's not that big a, a deal. Year. When you consider yeah. the uh, the deficit we have, five hundred billion is nothing. No, it's really not. It's nothing. So I mean, if, it's he, a drop again, of the if he wiped out so, the entire trade deficit that he doesn't have the power to affect, you that down, isn't a real statistic. You go from nineteen trillion to eighteen five. Eighteen five. Where's the rest of it coming from? Big deal. He knows it's not coming from anywhere. Jeez, that's unbelievable. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. But have you heard? About the president's $16 billion blender? <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah. Well, he uh, passed some executive orders to cut mm-hmm. down the red tape. That's always important. That's always important. Uh, he wanted to cut the regulations, which I know are important to uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Huge. He's, oh, yeah. He does not like regulations, guys. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, but, of course, it's created even more uh, money to our uh, national debt, which is what happens. Right. And here's the scary part. Depending on who gets elected this year, this kind of incompetence can make things even worse. I mean, one wrong move could explode the debt into catastrophic proportions like it's not already there. <laughs> right. Well, we can, get, we can actually eliminate it in like two weeks. Yeah, if well, we'll if get Donald Trump is the guy, sure. Uh, there's one thing you can do today to protect yourself from Washington buffoonery. Start your short-term emergency food supply today. Be, uh, you know, be on your own. Have, your, have your, own, your own thing taken care at of. At least be prepared. And our friends at My Patriot Supply have brought back their best offer ever. You can get a 72-hour emergency food supply, 72-hour supply, three days. Uh, three. This is only two. That's three. Oh. Three days for $10. Fact check. His finger's mostly false there. Mostly false on this one. Are, uh, can I get at least a mostly true mostly, on the three? Mostly true on okay. the three fingers. All right. Uh, you'll uh, instantly save 60% <laughs> right off the bat. Remember, this is 10 bucks. It guarantees you $10 for 72 hours in an emergency. The most basic thing you can do, first of all, it's $10, so it's probably less than you're going to you know, spend going out for lunch today. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, you're going to take care of three days. This is hurricane stuff. This is terrorist attack. Yep. Uh, you know, long this is, weekend this, stuff. All right. Yeah, it's exactly. not really a long for, weekend for you. Not, no. <laughs> for Jeffy, it's, it's a long hour. It's a long hour for, mm-hmm. for him. Still, though, uh, but, 10 bucks. But the thing is, it, that's what they say in every emergency. It takes FEMA at least three days to get yeah. there. This gets you covered through that. So call them now, 888-411-6844. So it's a new number from last week, 888-411-6844. Or you just go online 
at preparewiththeblaze.com. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome, Pat and Stu, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. Apparently, there's a Clinton Super PAC that is really uh, spent more than a million dollars, and they're pushing back against social media dissenters, people who don't like Hillary Clinton. And uh, according to the Daily Beast, which is certainly not a conservative website, uh, it's the opposite. In May 2015, when it broke off from the American Bridge Super PAC. Uh, operated by longtime Clinton supporter and Media Matters founder David Brock. The new initiative is apparently off to a pretty strong uh, start. Supporters of uh, Bernie Sanders seem already to be noticing. One Reddit uh, user said, This explains why my inbox turned to cancer on Tuesday. Bet a member of Reddit for almost four years never experienced anything like it. In fact, in all my years on the Internet, I've never experienced anything like it. So Um, apparently they're just barraging Bernie supporters with uh, their propaganda bullcrap that's irritating um i just again reminder to journalists never type the phrase one reddit user wrote that's not <laughs> so you're aware that's not a story i, I think you've discussed that before <laughs> i have that is a that is kind of a key <laughs> stupid it, it really is that's a key peeve of stupid and the point is not that and people, it's a good point. Yeah, it's it not. Is. There's That's no, not journalism. No, I mean it's to say like it's not. Many to say that, people say right. Well, what the hell is that? Is that, that could be you and your family. Right, that you know, like you know what else was written on Reddit? The exact opposite opinion, probably tons of times. True. Right. So it's like to point out like here I found someone who supports the thesis I'm saying here. Now look, I agree with the thesis here, but that's crap heap journalism, isn't it? Oh, it's garbage. I mean, and it's not it's just garbage. the Daily Beast, even though, you know, obviously they're a left-wing publication. Every site does this. Probably the Blaze Run stories that say that as well. It's just it's just an infuriating One thing. Twitter follower said. Right. It's not that's not what? a story. What are there 150 million Twitter followers? Yeah, that's, and that's the point is one Twitter <laughs> follower has said everything. Yes. Like literally every yes. combination of letters. A Twitter follower said we haven't been to the moon. Is that a story? <laughs> no. no, no, it isn't. No, and it's like if you're if you're citing a specific person's comment because you think it's brilliant or interesting, then do some research, find out who that person is, communicate with that person, mm-hmm. get additional comments. Who are you? It. Do like, you have right, any like, credibility? Yeah, like are, yeah, are you a, are you a Bernie Sanders super PAC worker who's writing this? Mm-hmm. Are you like? It's like you have to do something else other than just. I mean, but this is the state of journalism, right? I mean, yes. you look at even, I mean, this and worse and worse. Like, I will say that what half the stories that are written about on Twitter are people quoting tweets. You know, you look at it. It's <laughs> yes. like, look at ESPN's yes. coverage of anything. It's oh, just like, here's five so football players bad. who have written tweets about this. Oh, I just want to blow my head off when they start talking like that. It's like I and they do it all the time now. Yeah, it's, it's increasingly it, becoming part of ESPN. And it's increasingly become everything. And I, yes. I believe me, I am. 
But uh, I'm really pissed at ESPN I have a, right now. I <laughs> an ingrown distaste of social media in many ways, mm -hmm. as Jeffy is the opposite. Jeffy's a big social media guy. Pat is even like more it. anti than I am. So, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I, I start with just, like, oh, rolling my eyes at social media. And to most people now, obviously, it's just a part of life. And it's, but it's, like, it's become a, the journalistic equivalent of, oh, good, I don't have to call that person. I can't take it. I mean, I, it's I, like, I don't, oh, I don't have to go actually ask Cam Newton how he feels about the story because he just tweeted a perfectly 140-character quote that I can put on the screen. Yeah. It's just laziness. It is. And it's so bad. The whole social media universe is so bad, I almost can't take Facebook anymore. I almost, I just, yeah. I just want to shut it down and forget about it. I, 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 I can't take the Trump followers just dominating every, everything you say that has any fact behind it is completely ignored and they go off, well, yeah, but Trump! And then they post some <laughs> weird thing that Glenn said in 1836. <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah, well, what did that have to do with anything? Two things here. Um, one, uh, Trump is absolutely doing this. I mean, I oh, would be absolutely doing this. stunned if we don't find mm -hmm. out after the election uh, that Trump has Oh, been, he'll proudly pro proclaim yeah, it afterwards. Yeah, paying millions of dollars to yeah. get people to go and tweet things for him. Secondarily, you know, you can... I mean, I, you know, I, I post things on Facebook uh, when I remember to and, and such. Uh, by the way, follow, follow me on Facebook. Thumb up Pat on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Ignore Jeffy on Facebook. Right. Uh, but um, you just, I don't, you just don't engage with them. I mean, you know, like there's some I level. I try not there to. There are people who are. There's times. We have awesome people in our audience who post cool things that, yes. that advance All the time. points. Like I was posting but. a fun Lasky Velveeta video a couple weeks ago, and people were quoting old commercials like little dumb parts of them and it was making me laugh so hard just reading them again um and you know stuff like that but like you know at some level you know you just have if you, you can't fighting with people on social media is the ultimate stupid yeah it is right it's yeah. just like there's just nothing there's no there there in yeah, life no. it doesn't advance your life for a moment it doesn't make you feel any better you don't mm -hmm. get anywhere mm -hmm. it's just the ultimate batch of keeping stupid to do, to engage in that stuff, and mm -hmm. it's very difficult it's a to resist. Pile it. of stupid, a steaming pile of stupid, Jeffy. To be fair, mm -hmm. Pat Gray, and yes. I don't want to be really fair to Donald Trump, but no, I know it appears now that you're wanting to get rid of Facebook because of all the Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. However, prior to the Trump campaign, mm. you were really not for Facebook. Then either. No, I no. was not. So no, I you, you came on board yeah. with the social media Facebook. But I finally relented a, a couple of months ago. I finally relented. I know. And it just it's like an exercise in futility. It's like, well, why am I doing this? Right. What does this do for me? And this or is what anyone you else? Ask yourself is, are you doing this because you have a lot of cool people in your audience who want to hear your commentary? And or are you doing you this do because you're for. trying to convince Trump people? Right. Yeah. And if you're trying to do it, if you're doing it to try to convince Trump people, you're right. It's completely pointless. If you're posting things and then say, you know, like if people want to consume it, fine. If not, fine. If they want to yell and scream in the comments, well, who cares? It makes yeah. no. I, I mean, I don't read the comments on stories. Uh, you know, I mean, I think most people who want to read, read, go to the author to try to find out what the hell they're saying. So they can tell you I, one person tweeted something. My biggest mistake is I try to skim through the comments to find really good ones or really, really bad ones that I need to get off there. Because I, I don't like the F you kind of all that oh, stuff. Right, right. The C word is on there. I mean, almost every day. Usually from Jeffy. Almost every day. And it's usually Jeffy. Yeah. Uh, but if it's not Jeffy, it's you some like Trump that? supporter. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. Oh, my gosh. And so I try to eliminate that real trash. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and, I just uh, feel like the and then I get caught up. And then the it's internet. like you're pulled in. And then it's. That's what happens. So, mm -hmm. That's what happens. I know. Mm -hmm. But it is. It is. A, it is. An, 
at some level, uh, a, a, a exercise in futility. Um, however, you're seeing here from campaigns who are obviously finding it worth millions of dollars mm-hmm. to try to give, and, and, and maybe it's an exercise in futility for normal people because of those mm-hmm. millions of dollars being spent. Mm-hmm. And there's so much nonsense out there that it's just not worth, you know, you're, you're just, you're spitting into the wind. There's yeah, something you can you do. Um, but still, I mean, I think it's, I still want to find content that I like and care about. And, you know, that's why I go to your, your Facebook page because I want to read what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I don't go to Jeffy's Facebook page because I don't care right, what, what he, he thinks. thinks. If I cared about what he thought, he I would go there. He doesn't really think is the problem. And so what are you going to do? That's a good point. You know what I mean? That's a really good point. Uh, here's something you need to think about, though. Are cigarettes even legal? Hmm? You ever are thought of that? Evenly, like are they legal? So you're not saying you're going to change Should they them be, to be illegal? illegal? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Should they become illegal? Bernie Sanders is asking the question of legality of cigarettes, given all the health hazards that come with smoking. Now, that's interesting because, um, you know, as opposed to cigarette smoking as I am, uh, you can't really le- illegalize smoking, can you, at this point? I mean, you could. You could. Yeah, it just would be... Uh, it would be like alcohol, though. It'd be the, you know, if you start doing prohibition on cigarettes, uh, it's going to create a bigger problem than you already have. We've done a pretty good job, I think, of reducing usage of cigarette smoking. It used to be in the 40 or 50% range. It's like 19% now. Yeah, it really has. I think uh, it's gone, gone way, way down over the years. And it used to be that, you know, cigarette smoking was considered pretty cool. Now I think it's like, well, you're smoking still? Do you know it's 2016? I mean, there's a lot of people who have gotten a, a habit, uh, and it's tough to kick. And, Jeffy, you, you could attest to that, I believe. <laughs> right? You can uh, cigarettes are a tough habit to kick. They're, they're yes, a hard they habit to break, Here we go. Chicago Ni- once said. 1956, 45% of Americans smoked cigarettes. Uh, that had gone down to 38% in 1983. So, I mean, it gone down a little bit, but not much. Mm-hmm. From 1983 to current, it's gone from 38 to 20. How um, close was I? I said 40 or 50%. And then I said 19. Man, that was close. So you're, you're right? complimenting yourself for I'm remembering being close. a statistic <laughs> from being close to accurate. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but it is. You're right. I mean, a major decline. Wow. And so it's gone from 45 to 20. Yeah. We and cut it in less than half. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, 55%. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, and look, what is the reason for that? I think a lot of that is education. People just A lot of it's it. education. I think a lot of it is the just general uh, healthiness of the society. Yeah, and, and people the fact that a lot of people just don't like it. You know, yeah. I think also part of it is taxes. Um, and right. Like, you know, this is something that, you know, liberals say, well, we want a new tax um, and it's not going to stop. It's, it's going to uh, stop people from smoking. And sometimes conservatives say, well, no, it's not. People are going to smoke anyway because they want to smoke. Well, in reality, it's very consistent with a conservative position that when you tax something, you get less of it. Right. That is what happens with everything. And, and, and when you make up a, a carton of cigarettes. What is it in some cases, like 50 bucks more for a carton or more than that? Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't even know. It's like a lot. I used, yeah, to, work like a a I used to work at a convenience store a long time, one of my first jobs, uh, and we sold cigarettes, and I think it was 250 a pack. Oh, yeah, now it's, yeah. it's way beyond no, that. Over, well, there's 10 in a carton, and okay. most cartons are over $5 a pack. 
So, so that's I mean, 50 you're over 50, and most of them are more than that. Unless you go, unless you go to an Indian reservation, right? And and then you don't have to pay the taxes on them, and it's much, 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 much cheaper. cheaper. But and that's you're right, it's a double-edged sword with the with the the taxes, though, because they mm -hmm. want that revenue, they want that base, right? So they just yeah. keep raising the prices. And this is one of Rush Limbaugh's. I remember, you know, because you know, you had those formative things you remember from when you listened to talk radio or understood, you know, political philosophy. And I remember Rush talking about this a long, long time ago in the 90s about uh, this weird, you know, battle that goes on with liberals and smoking because they want to control your behavior, they want to yeah. increase taxes, they want to get more money, but they don't make it illegal because uh, they want the revenue to keep coming in. Right. And what we're seeing now is finally they've got to the point now where they're going to start talking about the uh, uh, bring it over that next hump. You almost have to now. It illegal. It's the slippery slope that we hated to talk about and hear about for so many years. But because we've slid all the way down to the bottom of the slope now on virtually every issue, we're starting to realize, oh, uh, well, we're here. Yeah. We slipped well, down the hill. And we can, yeah. we're replacing, yeah, we are. We're replacing so. tobacco with marijuana now, so we're good. Yeah. I mean, that's happening, too. Mm. So it's a weird world. Yeah. 888 back. More Pat and Stu coming up in a minute. There's a slippery slope chapter in Jonah Goldberg's book about uh, the tyranny of cliches, which is really interesting. Eh? It's a, there's a long history there, but it's worth reading if you haven't read it. Triple eight seven two seven back. You know who I love? Michelle uh, Obama. Oh, that was the tip of my tongue. Ah, oh, love her. You love, I love her. her. She can't. She can't say enough things. She can't speak at enough commencement places, uh, commencement addresses. She can't do enough of them uh, for me. I got to listen to them all, and they're just always awesome. Man, uh, like when she said, you know, the prejudices and the preconceived notions were America <laughs> at USC a few years ago. I thought, yes. Yes, honey, that's, man, that is America, isn't it? It's, mm -hmm. wow, all over. Hatred. That's America, baby. Hatred. It is America. it is. Uh, well, she went to Mississippi, and what do you think she's going to talk about at a historically uh, black university how in Mississippi? How good things are. How good things are. What a wonderful uh, future everyone has. Uh, she criticized the religious bill uh, at the commencement speech in Mississippi. The Mississippi bill that says... You know, if you have a man part, you got to go to a man's restroom. Sorry. Now, if you're female, you got to go to the female restaurant. How dare that? I know. I know. And she says the power of voting is real and lasting. She also said if people fail to exercise the fundamental right to vote, rights will be under threat. Boy, uh, we've seen a lot of our rights come under threat during her husband's administration. So she knows about rights coming under threat. She says Congress will be gridlocked. State houses will continue to roll back voting rights. Roll back. They're not rolling back. Not happening at all. Anyway. When you ask somebody for ID, that is not rolling back a voting right. <laughs> Can I see your ID? Oh, okay. You're who you go vote. How is that rolling back a right? And once again. I mean, I know we've said this a million times, but 70, 80, 90 yeah, percent of traditionally liberal voters, uh, African-Americans, 
liberals, Hispanics. Democrats, Hispanics, all support uh, voter ID laws. It's the board. It's one of the most popular, seriously, I mean this sincerely, one of the most popular policies on the table today. And for some reason, they continue to hammer away at it. As if the people are on their side when they're not. There's nobody who would be so insulting, except for them, as to say, if you're black, I know you can't get an ID. Look, uh, don't even worry about it, because you can't. I mean, it's silly to even think you could get an ID. Yeah. What, what is that? Blacks have driver's licenses, so do Hispanics. What do they care if they have to show it? If you forgot it at home, just like a white person, you go back home and you get it, and then you go back to the voting booth. It's not a big deal. Why? I don't understand it. I, I don't understand how they're getting away with this bull crap. Yeah. It's how a do weird, they do it? It's a weird one. That is a weird one. Weird. Um, but that is what they keep saying. And she's also talking about uh, seeing it right here in uh, Mississippi where they do the, as you pointed out, the, uh, the, these horrible uh, injustices. Uh, to Where voters. a man has to go to a man's restroom? Yeah, oh, terrible. terrible. Um, we see it right here in Mississippi just two weeks ago how swiftly progress can hurtle backward. Boy, that's now, for sure. This is what I find to be interesting, is that the policy has always just been, right, uh, that uh, men go into men's bathrooms and women go into mm -hmm. women. It's why, I mean, again, the federal government forces businesses to put signs up that say men and women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when you have to, like, you notice why you go into like a really fancy restaurant sometime, or like a nice restaurant where everything, the decor is kind of perfect, and then they have that weird like blah sign that says men and women that like looks like the government mm -hmm. assigned it to them. Uh, a lot of regulations. That's because they did. Because they did in many yeah. ways. So they for, mm -hmm. like the standard practice has been: if you're a man, you go into the men's room. If you're a woman, you go into the women's room. There hasn't been a change. It wasn't like 50 years ago they said any transgender person can go into any bathroom, and now they're saying, no, 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 not anymore. <laughs> like the policy is always – all they're doing is, is putting a little bit more concrete in hey, – we're seeing some people saying they might want to go into the other bathroom. Let's make sure we don't change this policy. However, they did the same thing with same-sex marriage. Yeah, and, and they that, acted as though a law had been changed instead of a law had existed since the dawn of man. Right. And never had there been a time when same-sex marriage was okay. And I wonder if, strategically, it's actually a bad idea to do these things. So you say that there's, there's a law that everyone accepts, right, that men go into men's bathrooms, women go into women's bathrooms. And then conservatives say, well, we can see what, where liberals are going, so let's get a law on the books now that says men go into men's bathrooms. Instead of just ignoring like it. Like we're kind of doing in Texas so far. Right. And so what seems whatever. to happen is that new law becomes the issue. Everyone then takes a position on it, and because mm -hmm. they don't want to be hateful, they always take the position of whatever the you know, left-leaning group is advocating for. Even the NBA now is saying they're going to move the All-Star game because men have to go to men's bathrooms. It's, it's unbelievable how this stuff happens. Crazy, so man. I wonder if, I wonder Crazy. if, uh, maybe the idea is to just kind of... Leave it. Leave it and see Maybe. what happens. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad idea, too. Uh, by the way, uh, we do want to make sure that because uh, the government always has lots of uh, input on what you should enjoy food-wise. Um, well, especially Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama's been big on that front as well. I mean, food she, deserts and, and the, the curriculum at school right. where you can only eat healthy. And Michelle gave her a version of healthy eating, a little uh, outline of that uh, on video watch. My question is, what's your favorite food? Favorite what? Your favorite food. Great favorite question. food. Great question. Hands down, pizza. Pizza. 
Don't you all agree? No. No, I don't. Pizza is like the pizza. ultimate food because it can be a junk food. It can be healthy. Like almost every Friday, I'll eat like a veggie pizza on wheat. Now, that may not be something you like, but so I like it. About that. You can have dessert pizza. You can do anything with pizza. It's a very versatile, universally loved food. Mm. And I like French fries. All right. I will say I do. This is the one thing I do actually agree with uh, with Michelle Obama on in that. I don't know that I would say it's the best food, but you could do a lot with it. I do enjoy it quite a bit. I like the French fries as well, Mm -hmm. as you can obviously tell. Uh, So, you know, this is the best moment of their presidency. I'll say that. (laughs) Best moment of the presidency of Obama. Wow. uh, Right there. It's beat out the Marvin Gaye singing thing for me. Uh, Michelle said she likes pizza, which I also like. Now, I wish she would also stop restricting us. At least yeah. oh, President Obama didn't stop us from listening to Mar- Marvin Gaye. Um, <laughs> so that's nice. Uh, yeah, and, and she i mean, she was like, you may not like that. It uh, didn't seem to matter to her at the nope. uh, school lunches. Sure she did. didn't care. She forced that issue anyway, and none of the kids liked that. So, again, it's a none bad moment, but still the best moment of their presence. <laughs> okay, I'll go along with that. More patents to come up in a minute. <laughs> Where's the pizza and fries, by the way? Or that's at least pizza really fries. Where is the pe- where are the pizza fries? I mean, that's a constitutional yes. issue. Where, yeah. where are the- what have we done to not get pizza fries five times a day? Yeah, new BuzzFeed article. That's um, really going to come in handy uh, from Turkish Airlines. Uh, 15 flawless ways to enjoy a 24 hour layover in Istanbul. So. <laughs> There's like 61 ways with flaws uh, <laughs> to spend that layover. Flawless but there's only 15 ones. flawless ones yeah. to spend. Well, one of the flawful ways, it, it, could, you, it could be an error laden way is to wind up in a wrong neighborhood where they don't like Americans very much. And you get executed. Yes, that's, that's um, one of the wrong ways. Also, a flawful way <laughs> is to get a falafel, um, because in certain areas of Istanbul, they're not that delicious. 15 flawless ways to enjoy a 24-hour layover in Istanbul, because, man, that comes in handy. Well, the internet not is, in my life so far, but it might someday. This is why you don't quote one Twitter user, right? Yes. If BuzzFeed, a multi-billion dollar website, has stories this specific, BuzzFeed has said everything. You could just say BuzzFeed said and write an article about anything. Mm-hmm. They have written every article known to man. There, can't, there are no new articles. The only thing they could do now mm-hmm. is 15 more flawless ways to spend a 24-hour layover in Istanbul. Or you could do this. You could do 22 British puddings you can't get in America <laughs> that'll never make you want to leave the U.K., now, there's 22 of those kinds of British puddings. There's not 23 of them, I will no, tell you that. there's not 23, there and there's, there's not 19. No. There are specifically 22 different British puddings that you can't get here that will make you want to stay there. I say this out of love, so. by the way. I, I, like, <laughs> I think a lot of people hell? hammer BuzzFeed for being a terrible site. It's like, yeah, I, it they've done a, a lot site. of good work, this yeah, campaign. They have. They've done, like, and their stuff a lot of times does make you want to click on it. I like it. but I, I don't know, care that much about the not British pudding.
Triple eight seven two seven Beck patents too. So uh, our Obamacare media, what I'm what I'm experiencing here, I think, uh, is the same thing a lot of people are experiencing: much lower health care costs. Yep. Yep. No, I, it's I think not we're totally free, right? All well. That's what I thought initially, but then I just I found out it was going to be twenty five hundred per family, you know, per year. Less than we're paying. Less than we were paying. That's better. I mean, it's not free, but it's better. And so far, it's only been a lot more hmm. instead of twenty five hundred. So, oh, I, so it's been like what five thousand less for every family? No, a lot more the other way. Like I'm paying more than I was before Obamacare. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you? In why? fact, it's it's so bad that even those of us in the Obamacare exchanges uh, are experiencing <laughs> price increases. Oh, huge uh, ones! Huge, uh, huge ones, by the way. Uh, and it's also affecting, and that's the thing that they never talk about, which is it's also affecting people who aren't on Obamacare. Yes, I mean uh, we're not on Obama, Obama, right. on Obamacare, but and, it's, still, and it's gone way, way, way up. It's going way, way, way. Which is why we're now actually paying premiums. Yep. Well, a lot of that too is at some at some level the insurance company is like I don't know who we have a red flag here. There's someone there with so many diseases. The cost is going through the roof. <laughs> Wait, why are you changing the shot? That. I was in the middle of talking. I saw that coming like a million miles away. I kept going. Hey, it's gonna be too. How come he hasn't gotten there yet? <laughs> so predictable. Uh, <laughs> but it's true, and it's going up. And now some of like United Healthcare is dropping out of the exchanges almost com- entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also saying now uh, health insurance companies are laying the groundwork for substantial increases in the Obamacare premiums. Uh, so this is, ad- again, additional increases on top of the increases, which we've already showed you. Many insurers have been losing money on the Obamacare marketplaces. And while I think that's bad and I want health insurance to become great again, uh, my issue, I am a little bit pissed off at the, ins- the insurance companies who, you know, saw this I'm extra money rolling in and decided to roll along with, oh, you know, yeah. please Barack Obama in every way. Uh, and so well, this is really their fault. And they, I think they were kind of convinced at their product becoming mandatory for citizens. Yes, I. Would I mean, argue. that's going to hurt you. Right. No, we've said this before. Like, if if there was a if President Cruz got in and said, you know what, my first act is we're mandatory uh, mandatory Blaze uh, membership. Everyone in America has to pay for it. Or you pay a penalty if you don't have it. Right. It would be understandable um, for people to, to assume huh. the Blaze would support that policy. We would not. Yeah. But I mean, you would understand how people would. I mean, I would. Uh, and, and, and Pat would, and mm. Jeffy would, but mm. Glenn probably wouldn't. Um, and, you know, you don't understand now. I mean, I wouldn't want the federal government doing something like that. It would be against everything the country stands for. Yeah. However, there would be people with a financial interest in the blaze who would say, uh, yeah, everyone should buy it. So you don't think uh, United Healthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, everybody thought, well, yes, okay, if you're going you're gonna to make it a law that you must have our product... Um, how do we lose in that proposition? But again, if you get in bed with the federal government, you get you get burned every time. It's not the analogy. I was going to take it a just slightly different way, but yes, right. uh, burned is a better way of doing it. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield Association released a widely publicized report last month that said new enrollees under Obamacare had 22% higher medical costs than people who received coverage through their employers. An interesting thing there. So people who uh, are who. For example, uh, pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to. There used to be a way for insurance companies to try to recoup their costs from that. They would charge. They would put them in pools and charge a little bit more. They can't do that anymore. It's illegal. 
So now the people with the pre-existing conditions are getting on these policies, and they and are, you and I are paying for and them. We're, and we're and and that by the way was the pinch. Right. I mean, it all. We saw this from um, I, you know I'm not even able to remember the game. He uh, the name. He was a guy who. Remember, he he was the one who admitted that they were doing the the, um, uh, yes, the thing with the odd. states. Uh, uh, I can't. I'm not going to remember. One of our listeners found the audio. Yes. Remember this story from, oh, yeah, yeah. from Philadelphia. Yeah, yes. and it, it was it wound up being the big lawsuit uh, mm -hmm. that went all the way to the Supreme Court and was uh, did not succeed, but came close to succeeding in the Supreme Court. Uh, but the, that was the point. What Obama did was convince a bunch of young people that they should be paying for every older person's insurance. That's all. That's all Obamacare is. It's a, it's basically overcharging young people to pay for older people's insurance, um, older and sick people. Um, that is the policy in a nutshell. You're taking money from people who are at their at their the young part of their lives when they're trying to become get savings. They're trying to pay for things. You're making them dependent on government, and you're forcing them to pay over a large chunk of their money to government to pay for people who are older and didn't save any money. Um, how that pitch works to anyone is a, is, is a mystery to me. Well, the pitch because does. the pitch was we ha we must we must we must insure everyone. All citizens must be insured. Right. We're, we're going to. There should be nobody. They're using the Trump argument now. Um, and Trump is using their argument from the past. Well, uh, we shouldn't have piles of dead people just because they don't have insurance. I don't want people dying, dropping dead because they don't have insurance. Yeah, that wasn't happening before. Okay, because there's a law that says somebody shows up at the hospital must be treated is a life-threatening situation. They will be treated. They have to be treated regardless of whether they can pay for it or not. So it already existed. We already take care of people in dire conditions. There's already plans. a method and a way and a mechanism for everybody out there. Does Do people ever fall through the cracks? Probably, and, and they, they do always, now. No matter what system is passed. They do now, and I mean, they do in, in Britain. systems in Britain where you have the government controlling every aspect of your health care, still people are falling through the cracks. But the guy who thirsted to death at a hospital yeah. there, he yeah. died of thirst because they wouldn't, they wouldn't take care of him. Mm. I mean, it's nuts. This is the typical spin you're going to get from, from conservatives right here. I just participated in it to show you, to shine a light on really? the hatred that we huh. get from people like this, like Pat Gray and his hate of the hate-mongering hatitude. Okay. Really, and in reality, we all know Obamacare is succeeding wonderfully. Uh, it's been a huge success. Uh, however, um, another mm -hmm. hater, this mm -hmm. uh, guy on Wonderful World of Stew. You see him? Uh, oh, my you? God. Yeah, bastard. Seems like it's... Have I seen him? Yes, you. I have. Uh, he's, he's terrible. He's, a, he's another one of these conservatards. As uh, as uh, what's his face calls him, uh, Garvey. Hey, uh -huh. man. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffy. Um, so uh, here it is. Uh, this is a. Uh, we, we wanted to go through a bunch of the claims uh, that were going on uh, in uh, about Obamacare. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, let's see that they've all come true. Right. Let's see. Have they come true? All is there true. a lot of success with Obamacare? We like to do this once a year, and it's sort of a family feud, failure feud uh, format. Watch. Hillary Clinton is not cool. She represents the establishment. She's as old as dirt, and for some reason she thinks women will vote for women just because they have the same lady parts. But she does have one thing going for her. Obamacare! Yeah! She thinks running as the champion of the Affordable Care Act will be her saving grace with voters. I want to defend the Affordable Care Act. It is one of the great accomplishments, not only of this president, 
but of the Democratic Party going back to Harry Truman. So is it such a great accomplishment? Let's find out on an all-new episode of Failure Feud! Introducing the Obamacare family. Hillary, Barry, Harry, Chucky, and a past and probably present supporter who would never admit it to you, Donald! Ready for action. On your marks, let's start the Failure Feud. And now, the host of Failure Feud, this complete moron in the stupid suit. Yeah. We surveyed 100 people. Top six answers on the board. Here's the question. What has Obamacare accomplished so far? Ah, job growth. Survey says... Oh. <laughs> if you mean job growth is in decline, then yes. According to the CBO, the labor force is projected to be about 2 million full-time equivalent workers, smaller in 2025, under the Affordable Care Act than it would have been otherwise. 75% of that decline is directly due to the health insurance expansions, which directly raise tax rates on the people who actually choose to work for a living. Isn't that cute? Two million jobs down the tubes. But fairness. Next great effect of Obamacare. <laughs> ah, health care cost curve is bent. Survey says... <laughs> well, technically it is bent. It's just bent upwards. I'm pretty sure the Obama administration meant for it to bend the other way, but that's not what is happening. Mm. Healthcare spending in 2014 rose 5%, faster than the rate of inflation, and the fastest it has grown since 2007, and it's not declining. Health spending is projected to average 5.8% annually due to the Affordable Care Act's expansion. Obamacare might not be bending the cost curve, but it is telling you to get bent. <laughs> Next effect of Obamacare. <laughs> oh, Obama taking over one sixth of the economy. <laughs> Survey says. Oh, actually not true. That might surprise you coming from a conservative, but the health share of U.S. gross domestic product is projected to rise from 17.4% in 2013 to 19.6% in 2024 because of skyrocketing costs. Remember, during the fight over Obamacare, conservatives complained that Obama wanted to take over one-sixth of the economy. Well, the good news is, soon it will be one-fifth of the economy. Yay! <laughs> Our next amazing effect of Obamacare... <laughs> the uninsured are insured, survey says. The CPO projected that exchange enrollment would increase to 21 million in 2016. As of 2016, they don't think that anymore. In fact, they slashed their projections eh, just a tad to not 20. Not 19, not 18, not 17, not 16 or 15 or 14 million, but all the way down to 13 million. That means they only missed their projections by about 40%. And it's not like they made those projections in like 1845. They made the projections in March of 2015 and still missed by 
million. Let's see that fact at a Hillary commercial. Amazingly, this program that will cost over $2 trillion in a decade has only lowered the rate of the uninsured by 2.7 percentage points since 2008. Endless promotion, advertising, legal harassment, and financial threats have only resulted in reducing the uninsured by 2.7 percentage points. Two point freaking seven points. So why aren't more people taking advantage of the great accomplishment that is Obamacare? It's supposed to be easy to get and cost effective, right? It's affordable, <laughs> right? Ah, there it is on the board. It's affordable, survey says. Well, it is more affordable to pay the penalty. In 2015, the penalty for not being insured cost a minimum of $325 per adult or 2% of your income. According to the IRS, 7.5 million people chose to pay the penalty over choosing an insurance plan. Now, you might think, oh, that's crazy. If you're being forced to pay either way, why not get something out of it and get covered? Well, it's kind of easier said than done when it comes down to the numbers. This year, that penalty has more than doubled to a minimum of $695 or 2.5% of income. It's pretty expensive, but not as expensive as Obamacare. According to research done by the Kaiser Family Foundation, out of almost 11 million uninsured people who are eligible to enroll in marketplace coverage, either with or without financial assistance, 7.1 million would pay less for any penalty than they would to buy the least expensive insurance available to them. And remember, insurance companies can't refuse or charge you for a pre-existing condition. So you save money until something serious happens, and then after it does, you could just sign up anyway. It's a win-win for everyone except the country. Another effect of Obamacare on the board. Ah, death survey says. Hey, we got one. Susan Reardon, 61, of Kalamazoo, Michigan, nice lady, calculated that she would have to spend more than $12,000 to get anything beyond preventative benefits from the cheapest exchange plan. If something catastrophic happens, she said, and I quote, I feel like it's better just to die. <laughs> There's another Hillary commercial that I really want to see. Hillary Clinton, the candidate that makes you feel like it's just better to die. Does Hillary really want to run on a program where people would literally rather die than participate? Obviously, the answer is, survey says... <laughs> yes. Interesting historical fact, by the way. The last person who ran on a government program intended to cause death was a person whose name also started with the letter H. <laughs> so, to review, Obamacare is not adding jobs. It's killing them. Millions of people would rather pay the penalty than be involved in Obama's crowning achievement. And Hillary's best talking point is an obituary for some people. Hello, and welcome to Pat and Stu. I'm Pat, this is Stu.
over over there. And that uh, we're still trying to decipher. Oh, it's the fat tax expert. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you. That's insensitive. Uh, Stu and I to say he's a tax expert. Why is that? Insensitive? Well, he's a fat tax expert. Is well, what I mean, saying there. I mean, is he talking? Is he a? Let me ask you this: Is he a fat <laughs> tax expert, okay. or a or fat tax is he expert. an expert on the fat tax? Yes, to all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for the expert part. Right. Uh, He has very little expertise in anything except how to how to incorporate disease into his life, which he's been very successful at. Am I right? So fat tax expert is insensitive. I just want to be sure I'm clear. No, I I wouldn't say that. I thought thought it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no problem with that. All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Here's a good safety tip: Don't let your kids play outside. In the story is is agonizing. Oh, I see. So, hmm. uh, wow. Huh? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I can't yes, it is. Even do it with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. Oh. So your it's kids okay can play in the backyard. To just send your kids out in the backyard oh. and say, go play. And I don't care what happens to you out there. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> Mr. I don't love my kids. <laughs> One Canadian mother was left in tears after being investigated by uh, CPS, or CFS in this case, Child and Family Services, for allowing her children to play in her own backyard. This is in Winnipeg, uh, Canada. A CFS worker showed up at her house unexpectedly earlier this month, telling her they were there to perform a well-being check. After receiving a complaint about her kids being left unsupervised, oh my gosh. When I, when I read the headline of this, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's like one of those backyards that runs into somebody else's yard. Or right. Run, backs up into a forest and they could get uh-uh. lost or whatever. Uh-uh. Fully fenced backyard. A fully fenced yard, and you can't let your kids play in it? I mean, in Connecticut, we lived in a place where our house backed up against kind of the woods, and you could go back there, and it would go on forever. And, you know, they were old enough to where they could go back there. But, if you, you know, if you're four or five and we had little teeny kids, of course, we would have never allowed that unsupervised. Uh, but this isn't even about that. It's yeah. not even like they were in danger of any kind of wandering off. It's a fully fenced backyard. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What's agonizing about this is that first, first you can complain, and it automatically draws the government organization yeah. to your door. It, and the interesting thing is that? that's mean, in Canada and America. Yes, by the way, I'd like to. I'd like to have it. Uh, I'd like to be able to hope that they go to the complainant. And talk to them first right. to get an idea of whether it's a worthy complaint or not. I mean, I get the whole idea of they have to go there now because we've developed all these rules and regulations. So heaven forbid that somebody complains, and it just happened not long ago here in Texas, that you know then something bad happened to the kid. And it was they should have been checked up on and weren't. I mean, this is crazy. So, so, wait, so your policy idea would be to, so CPS, if you complain about Pat's kids, CPS comes to you first and says, hey, what's the complaint? Absolutely. It shouldn't be it an tries anonymous to read complaint. It a little bit. shouldn't be an anonymous complaint about kids are hollering, they're, it's unsupervised. I mean, if these kids are playing in the backyard, 
If you went to go see the complainant and the complainant said, these kids are running around crazy in the backyard, mm -hmm. hollering and screaming, would you really go through the entire checklist of questions? Or would you go to the lady's no. house and, and make sure that the mom was home? The kids are in the backyard. Right. Okay, everything's fine. Yes, I would not put them through this Correct. Uh, interview. We had to go through a whole interview asking so many questions, uh, the mom says, like what my childhood was like, how I punish my children, whether we drink or do drugs. She had to see, the CFS worker had to see where her kids slept. Yeah, no. She had to see if we had enough food in the house. That had come, come on. on come on. That's what I, come on. Because they played in the backyard. And somebody didn't like them hollering in the backyard. Come on. That's unbelievable. She has three kids, two, five, and ten. Uh, her kids play outside after school. She added that uh, she's always out, either outside with them or watching from her living room. Mother of three insisted she feels completely comfortable letting her kids play outside. Well, yeah, you would. You know, if it's a tall fence, you know they can't get out. You know they're not going to. You've done it before. I mean, it, it's so bad now. That, I mean, we used to... My parents would have been in prison <laughs> if we had this oh my kind gosh. of... Yeah. You know, and yes. I would have been I would have grown up in a foster home. And my parents were really pretty protective for the 70s. But we we walked all over the mean streets of Helena Mont dodging gunfire, uh, having knife right, fights. Right, there's the reason they should should have been in prison. Right. <clears throat> knife fights, you've never had a knife, knife fight. fights were like Almost every day. We were the same thing. I mean, the same thing, though. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, we would, I would walk home from yeah, school. You walked like, everywhere. Several miles. Right? Like, and again, not because I, you know. It was my just junior high, I think, was three miles from my house. I used to walk it almost every day. All the time. And it's like, not, like and that's not the uh, the old Bill Cosby pre-rape allegations, no. uphill both ways, complain right. about how tough our life was. It was no. just like. You That's, just did it. You just went out there. And no one cares. It was no big deal. It wasn't because it was no a difficult deal. task. It was just that it was amazing. Now thinking of the society the way it is today, that you'd allow your kids to do that, like you. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I say in my in my uh, talk show host role that hey, this is crazy. The world's never been safer. The world, the, well, no. I mean, I'm saying like this is crazy. We should not restrict this. Kids should be able to go wherever they want. You know, blah 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 blah. Like it seems. Uh, but as a parent, like I'm totally, like, you're not that way. No, yeah, you just, I just, yeah. you, I, like I'm constantly worried. Now again, it's my kids are really young now. at this point. Maybe that will change. But yeah. like I see myself as a person who's going to be like more like, oh crap, oh, <laughs> I know it's oh, it's crap. had an effect on us all yeah. because all right. my youngest daughter is now my youngest child is 16 now. She just turned 16 last month, and you know, in this neighborhood that we live in, we've got a we have a pond that's literally half a block from from our house. And my sixteen-year-old will occasionally come to me and ask, uh, "Can I? I just want to go down to the pond and walk around. Like, is your brother going with you? <laughs> no. Well, then no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, you're stopping a sixteen-year-old from going a half a block from your house? She can't go half a block in my neighborhood to the pond to yeah, see well, the ducks I mean, or geese or your whatever. Is almost the main street. It's almost the main street. I mean, I yeah. can't even believe that the, the pond is fenced in like that. I know. It's so dangerous. And you never know what could come out of the pond. Could be. <laughs> Who knows? Well, there, was that, there was that swan that was there. Yeah. That mean swan. Yeah. She could get viciously bit by a swan. <laughs> 
Oh, you see reports of that all the time. <laughs> so is your fear like she's going to not pay attention, knock, fall down, hit her head on a rock, and drown in the lake? Or is no, it like she's going to be abducted more, from... Yeah, it's okay. more an abduction thing. I worry about you know, some mean, guys, freak driving through the neighborhood and, and grabbing her. To, to back you up a little bit, Jeffy does know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So it is prudent, right? I'm not being overly protected. That's true. That's fair. fair. Uh, (laughs) Before I even started speaking, Jeffy knew where that was going. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see him just start rolling his eyes as I took the breath. Yeah, he knows. Uh, Sorry. By now. Uh, No, you're not. not. First of all, don't don't even pretend to be I'm not sorry at all. You're right. I'm not sorry at all. But we have come a long way since since the days of our own youth. And now we've all bought into the fact that you just can't do that now. Right? I know, and I, I don't. don't know when it I, I, I'm trying to think of. What I'm not age. sure it's based in reality, or is it just that well, society has gone that way, and so we're that protective. I remember distinctly, as a kid, uh, there's this one girl in like second grade that was like the first one of the first girls I can remember thinking was like I wanted to. She, I wanted her to be my girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? And I remember walking around with my friend. Wow, that friend. sounded really creepy the way you put that. Really? Okay. No, yeah. but I mean, it was like, like you know, when you're like, a kid. I wanted her. Like, I, I gonna, wanted it. I was going to kidnap her and put her in my basement. <laughs> it did like that. sound like no, that. Okay. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, you wouldn't know. Because, thanks, um, because thank I was thinking, actually, I was thinking to myself, mine was first. <laughs> but, you know, like that, that yeah. first, like, the first thing, time you realize you actually don't you know, the girls don't have cooties. You actually, mm. And again, like, it wasn't anything, you know. I was really young when I realized that. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe you too, though, it sounds like. First I guess. Grade. It was, I think it was second grade. I think it was first or second grade. But the reason mm-hmm. I, I bring this one up. follow them around for a while and no, see where I, they live, the where reason they go, I, no. what they do. What? Wait, what? Oh, no? No, no. no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that first thing. And, like, so I, but I remember walking by and see, I remember seeing her for the first time still. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, 100 years old now, and I still remember this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was with one of my friends, and I was in the town I, I grew up in. The reason I remember what age it was is I moved after second grade. So I remember it being in this first town I lived with. And I also remember I was walking around in the center of town where I saw her. Just hanging out. How the hell was I in the center of town by myself (laughs) in second grade? But, I mean, it was a small town. It was not a dangerous place by any means, but there were cars passing by. Mm -hmm. And, like, to me now, my kid is is about to be, uh, you know, he's, he's really close, a year away from going into kindergarten. So, like, in two years... I just release the kid in the middle of town? No way. no way. No way you do that. I would never do it in a million years. Whatever, we walk, Am I here? At, yes. Yeah, I'm completely age, safe. Nothing happened to me. Yeah. We nothing... walked to school blocks, blocks and blocks to school every day and around through the neighborhood. I mean, seriously. Yeah. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there were, you know, I would guess, think about this. Probably on every block there was at least one person that knew who you were. That's not true today. No, I see. That's part of the. I mean, I, I, I know we met always. My neighbors. I just met. We them. always talk about. I've lived not there for two years. I literally just right. met them like last week, like two weeks ago. Like the right next door neighbors. The, our neighbors are like across the street. The ones next door, I have actually said hello, like hey, and they said hey, and that's like legitimately our entire conversation. The people across <clears> the street, <throat> I find we actually like hung out with them because they have kids that are around our age, uh, our kids' age, mm-hmm. and uh, actually hung out with them for a couple of hours. 
within the last couple of weeks. I've lived there for over two years. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, it's just the way. I, I mean, I think my neighborhood, the people on this street are pretty good. I mean, face wise and knowing and talking to around the corner, you, you see the people as you're driving out of the neighborhood. You wave, how you doing? Yeah. You know who they are. You make if that they're out next for a turn. walk or something. You and you're the, driving. You might do this. The second turn. How you doing? I don't even goodbye. know if you're in the neighborhood, but hey. Second turn, you're gone. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you're an outsider in the neighborhood or in the neighborhood. I don't know who you are, but how you doing? <laughs> yeah, by the second turn, no you don't know. You're done. Gone. I have no idea. Yeah. Although they're super friendly. I mean, we have really nice neighbors. Yeah, there's never anyone that I've had any problems yeah. with. It's always been great when I've talked, you know, the very brief interactions of waving and such. It's like, <laughs> I, I like, oh, I hate these people on my block. It's just, you know, I'm, and that might be something to do with, like, social media and easier to stay connected with people that aren't right in front of you like yeah. you know it's I don't easy. know what it is I don't know what it is but I mean like, but it's definitely changed it's definitely changed we like you know I mean it's just not the way it's just you just don't do it anymore yeah by the way uh, to, to finish my love story uh, mm-hmm. from second grade oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't believe I ever spoke to her not ever no, no I don't believe it ever occurred in it's my really entire sad. life it's really sad <laughs> it just shows my game yeah it's pretty good Pretty good. More patents to it coming up. Now, so you're saying, Jeffy, I should instead follow them around? You should have followed her around for a while. Anyway, they don't even know where she lives, you know, what, what she likes to wear on schedules, that kind of thing. Okay. I don't think so. No, that's not the way you would. No. You've got to become part of the cult, though. Yeah, no, the I'm LinkedIn not cult. I'm not doing you, it. You sure do. Stu's trying to find his uh, long lost, <laughs> long lost first grade love. Well, it struck me as uh, as I never actually. I, she, how did she turn out? I mean, that's what you think mm-hmm. of, right? When you mm-hmm. think of uh, my second grade romance that I never spoke to, right? Um, and uh, she apparently, I don't know if she exists or not. Um, someone was murdered with her last name. Hopefully not her. Hopefully not. Um, that would be bad. Yeah. But I mean, it would explain. Uh, a lot. No. Um, she never responded, but she was dead. That's why. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. She's a, a character on a show had the same name, and she was killed. I was like, oh, my God, she's dead. Oh, she was, that's just a character on a show. That's not actually her. So I don't know. We'll never know. And I was, the point was, uh, there, the only thing that pops up about her was that she, was, she made the honor roll in sixth grade. Um, and wow. then also, again, just a news Very story exciting. about her making the honor roll. And then the other thing was uh, she has a LinkedIn page. Uh, which I could find out easily and make contact yes, with if I wanted but to. But then you become but part of the LinkedIn But then I'd be in LinkedIn cult. and I will not uh, do that no. uh, under any circumstances. Don't no. even roll by that. Don't slow down to yeah. knowledge as you go by then that. Join LinkedIn or the email. <laughs> they're on you like white on rice if you do that. Don't do it. Don't do not do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Uh, we also have... Um, uh, the top name that Texas parents are nominating to replace Confederate generals in elementary schools because, like, Robert E. Lee Elementary. I can't have that. Can't I can't have that. It's a Confederate flag, right? Come on. You can't have that. You can't have that. Robert, in fact, Robert E. Lee Elementary School in uh, Austin, Texas, considering changing its name to honor different historical figures I after uh, hundreds of parents have apparently uh, expressed their dis- disgust for it. At the top of the list. <laughs> Harriet Tubman. Top of the list. What do you think? Uh, tippy, tippy top. Uh, well, I read, I read the story already, so I can't guess. 
I, I didn't. Harriet Tubman. That's my first guess. Seriously. Harriet that's, we're going to have Harriet Tubman nope. elementary schools all across America. Not even that good. Really? Donald J. Trump Elementary is number Stop one. Stop it. 45 votes. Uh, Robert E. Lee Elementary came in second <laughs> with 35. Just so naming it the same change thing. it to the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you just put his full middle name in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or drop it. Or drop E. Here's Robert, Robert Lee. Lee. There's also Lee Roberts uh, Elementary School. There's also Russell Lee Elementary. I don't. I don't know who Russell Lee is. Harper Lee Elementary came in fourth. Did they say that Lee had to be a requirement? No, they did okay. not. Uh, Elizabeth Nay Elementary. Uh, I, I don't know Elizabeth. Other notable suggestions. This is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Include Adolf Hitler's School for Friendship and Tolerance. It's <laughs> 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 oh, so great. Idiocracy Elementary. Good. Drew Brees Elementary is, right. is a good one. Nice. John Cena Elementary. Bruce Lee. <laughs> Bruce Lee instead of Robert E. Lee. I like we'll that. Save some money. We only have to change. <laughs> like Sorry, we didn't. We did. some parents with yeah some, some moxie. It's kind of fun. fun there uh, there was funny. that uh, story where like they said, "Don't let the internet name things," and because there was a big vessel. You know this. You're gonna know the story, Jeffy. A, I believe some sort of ship in the UK, maybe, and they wanted to rename it. And they oh, yeah, they have to now. And now they wanted to rename it, and it came out with Bodie McBoatface yeah. as the name. The guns that everyone chose and voted on was Bodie McBoatface. That's one of the most, by a lot, okay. by a landslide. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge amount. And, it, uh, you know, I think at this point you just do it, right? <laughs> they they mm -hmm. kind of, I think they kind of backed off a little. Well, now that goes into a process in which we look at the names. and oh, They're trying to gosh. back off of it now. It's like if if people are that interested in your thing and they want to name it Bodie McBoatface and it's not Adolf Hitler's school, like it's not something overtly mm -hmm. offensive, then name the damn thing Bodie McBoatface. Right. Mm -hmm. And learn your lesson. I think it's funny. I would. I mean, it's the only boat that anyone's going to care about uh, in the world. And obviously, if you wanted people to vote on the name, you wanted people to care about it. So it's a win-win. You won. No? Uh, you won. Bodie McBoatface is kind of funny. It's great. Yeah, yeah it's great. All right. All right. Also, uh, seven of the world's most picturesque places uh, to poop is uh, it's an important story. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, this is shockingly not BuzzFeed. Wait a second. What? what? By the way. What? This is not BuzzFeed. This is not. Mental no, floss. it's Mental Did Floss, this, which, is, which is amazing. They may have run out of all things mental. Oh, look at this. Look, at, the, look at that. That does look picturesque. Is it actually a... Uh, a real outhouse, I wonder. Apparently, yeah. at the tippy top of that cliff. That's a little scary. This is in Tanzania, too, I believe. This is wow. our first one in Tanz Tanzania. Okay. In That's these stages, you'll find the porcelain pews with fantastic views, audacious attention-seeking urban outhouses, eco thrones made from sticks and stones, and all sorts of wild settings, from precip precipitous mountain peaks to dusty deserts. There's another. Mm -hmm. So that's a solid place. I mean, it would be weird to go poop there. That I one is uh, Thixi Monastery in Ladakh, India. Because that is the title, Most Picturesque Places to Poop, which in those, uh, that's a urinal. So I would say that that's a... <laughs> and also it wouldn't be picturesque at all because you'd be backing into it. Correct. And, yeah, and right. then I've seen that... Uh, yeah, that particular thing happened before. <laughs> oh and no, have not, you really? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not pretty. I, you've seen it happen before. Is that your way of telling us you've done it? Uh, Stu, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? You're awful. Yeah, but that didn't answer the question. <laughs> no, uh, it did not. Here's another one uh, from Mental Floss. This is. Um, See, there you go. Redwoods toilets. That's, that's a real toilet. Rotorua, New Zealand. Like you're just so isolated, you don't care that there's no walls. 
I guess. If you're at, at that This point. is the future at after the transgendered point. bathroom uh, issue. This is yes. where we get to. Open air. Just at open that air. point, do you really care about that even? Apparently not. Mm -hmm. Then there's Monument Valley, Utah. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's nice. That's, that's just a an weird, outhouse in the middle of a nice area. Weird place for an outhouse, though. And why are there a bunch of dogs there? What's I don't know. What's going on? I don't want to speculate. Uh, then there's Log Outhouse in uh, Chena Hot Springs Resort, Alaska. That's nice. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's, nice. that's beautiful. That's very nice. That's really beautiful. I did a good job with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the Eco Toilet in uh, British Columbia. Okay. Except I might add that's that awful. that Log Outhouse is right next to the stream. Mm -hmm. So you might want to continue Don't drink to get your water upstream. Up <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. Again, you're always thinking, Jeffy, when it comes to issues like this. You're always thinking. <laughs> then there's one in Belize. Uh, Stuart, nice. Perhaps you've gone here. Of course I have. Oh. In Toilet Island near Palencia, Belize. <laughs> As you know, I'm a, I, I basically run Belize. Toilet That's Island. pretty much what people say. Uh, but yeah, Toilet Island is <laughs> Did you drop name. in today? Did they parachute you into Toilet Island? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, as, as, a, I'm, as you know, a Canadian sports celebrity and mm -hmm. official, uh, I pretty much run Belize. That's yeah. Two. yeah, you're like the president of Belize. I mean, in a, in a roundabout, there's not an official president. No. Because uh, they have a prime minister there. Right. Um, but, I mean, if, if you're going to name a president, you know. It would be you. You'd, you'd save me. Mm -hmm. You'd save me. Mm -hmm. You know. It's mm -hmm. like, um, I mean, am I there often? No, I'm not. Uh, but I have. Have you been there once? I've been there once, yes. yes for yes, a weekend. You, yes, you have. It was very nice, and I did like it quite a bit. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to coming up. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu, one of the hottest women on the planet. Um, although very wrong politically speaking, uh, always very very wrong. Had something uh, pretty right to say over the weekend. She tweeted something out about uh, about Donald Trump that we actually she might have been listening to our show on Friday, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which day we talked about it. But uh, Salma Hayek tweeted out over the weekend uh, about Donald Trump calling and mixing up. 9-11 was 7-11 at one of his speeches. And she said, look, I'm a dyslexic Mexican who's with English as a second language. And even I would never confuse 7-11 for 9-11. <laughs> Thank you. Big time Hillary supporter, but she's yeah. exactly right. You just don't do that. That was our point last week. You just don't do that. I mean, nobody confuses that, no. right? Have you ever seen or heard anything like that before? Ever. I, no, I cannot I, say that I have. Never heard of it. Never I mean, heard of you it. You know, I mean, I, I, people make mistakes on things that are sound similar. A lot, but you know, not people. That. There were plenty of people who did the Obama Osama thing yeah, oh, back yeah. in the day, sure. and like sure. you know, I, I think I even screwed that up a time I, or two. Sure, probably almost every political commentator sure. did it at some point, pri publicly or privately. Um, but it's like 
seven eleven and nine eleven. Like I, I, I just can't don't. imagine. Just don't. I can't, I can't imagine. get my head around it. You know, the other thing too with that one is um, the issue with Osama Obama is Osama was in our mind. We knew about Osama. Mm-hmm. Osama bin Laden was the main public figure. Then Barack Obama ran for president. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple years after we had been saying Osama over and over and over and over. Right. The exact reverse some, was 7-11. And there's one letter difference. Right. So it's Seven, understandable. 7-11, though, it's like, uh, well, you I guess could argue there's only one number difference. Uh, but, like, that was the thing in our consciousness, right? Like, we all knew mm-hmm. 7-11 for a zillion years, and then 9-11 happened. Like, there was never, a, it wasn't the other way around. Right. I, it just seems like a weird, a really weird mistake. Weird. Again, I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's anything to it in like, well, he actually thinks it happened at a 7-Eleven. No. Or he was going to uh, have policies that favor 7-Eleven. Like, I think, I don't think it's anything like that. It's, it's just one of those things. He just has no, there's no heartfelt connection with him in 9-Eleven. It's not at all. what it it's just, means. Yes. yes. He's just BSing it. It just means that. And he gets uncomfortable around certain topics like the Bible. Uh, like trying to act heartfelt about 9-11 right. uh, when he doesn't actually care about them. He realizes he's in danger territory and screws things like that up. Yes. But again, we're just reading into it. Nothing else. It's just a ridiculous mistake. Ridiculous. I've never heard anyone make a mistake like it. It's so absurd. Americans we work just with, don't. Again, we work with Jeffy, mm. who, I mean, constantly <laughs> is made, it makes mistakes and is just All the time. blundering and... You know, I mean, it's a it's I can a go disaster. on record as saying I've never called uh, 9-11 uh, 7-11. No. I, and not also, once. Not once. That was the whole stupid point. If it hit you like that, again, this is, and it didn't hit Donald Trump like that. He no. donated no money to charities. He, except for one Scientology, Scientology-linked uh, thing seven or eight years later, uh, until very recently when he was on the campaign trail, he finally did do it. Um, he went to no funerals. Uh, he, again, this guy who had hundreds of friends supposedly die in 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, a week after 9-11, he was saying that, the, ah, you know, that, look, these buildings weren't even notable until last Tuesday. I mean, this is, the, this is who this guy is. Right. You know, he didn't care about that. And why? Because he cares more about the buildings he builds mm-hmm. than he did the World Trade Center yes. Tower. That's what it meant to him. It meant that that's not as beautiful as the Trump he'd Tower. Called, he'd called the World Trade Towers uh, hideous in the past. Right, mm-hmm. right. Triple eight seven two seven beck all right, uh, Bernie and Hillary in uh, bad lip reading. I, you know, I love the bad lip reading thing. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how many people they have working for them. I don't know how long this takes, but ev- virtually every time, it's uh, it's worth a look. And so we're gonna we're gonna check out some another fantastic episode of bad lip reading. It's time to act. Now we're gonna give you random phrases and situations, and you're gonna act these out, all right? It's time to act, Senator Sanders. Are you ready? Go. You've had it with mm. that guy. Oh. You just heard a clever pun. <laughs> you ask the waiter for the check. He's on the other side. <laughs> you call out to your friend Kurt, who's far away. Kurt. You see a bee. Oh. That's a bee. Prostate exam. <gasps> you just ran over your neighbor's dog. <gasps> you almost curse, but you catch yourself. Foy. Timid Napoleon. <laughs> okay. You pluck a hair from a stranger. You casually touch the flight attendant's skirt. A tear rolls down your cheek. And you don't understand why. But then there's a shooting star. Your hand is a baby bird. Your fingers are the beak. Oh, 
good one. <laughs> Put Very Hillary funny. on the forehead, <laughs> and then you lick her face. No. <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> I mean, that one is a little different. Yes, a little different, but I mean, still pretty funny. It's really not bad lip reading, but still no. really funny. <laughs> really well still done. Still pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, they do a good job there. Uh, they really do. It reminds me of the old, uh, you guys surely remember this as uh, the exact same pop culture experience in life, but mm -hmm. uh, it reminds me of the old Al TV thing. Oh, my God. Oh, that, you and I were just talking about Al How TV. How many times have you oh spoken of Al TV? Every, every, um, I'm, frankly, Stu, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up before because yeah, Pat and I have been talking about it every day. Every day, Al TV. For the past week. Oh, it ruled my childhood, those things. They, when, when, I don't know what Al TV is. Weird Al would take over MTV. Oh, okay. Uh, for like a day or an hour or something. You are a Weird oh, Al fan. Oh, God, I loved it. A he would do like, it, well, what he would do, and the reason it reminds me of that, is he would take footage of real interviews and he would do one side of them, and the other side would be uh, the real interview. So, like, he'd interview Eminem. Mm -hmm. and, and so they'd right. have the camera on Eminem and him reacting to whatever real question was coming to him. Right. And then that uh, would be Al's question. And Al will come in, and obviously these, Eminem was a later one. I'm not that young. Uh, <laughs> I remember back in 2002 <laughs> when I was four. Uh, but, yeah, it was, uh, those are amazing. Go back and watch them on YouTube. They're really funny. They're still to this day funny. LTV. LTV, baby. Want it to come back. Make it come back.